Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. You'll find out what happens after we die and why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today, we'll start our discussion of how we're going to get from where we are to 2075. And as you know from previous podcasts, 2075 is a time when we will understand that we're all spirits, that we have many lives in this reality, and we also exist in realities beyond this. We'll also understand that we're co-creators of what we experience But 2075 is only a little over 50 years away, so you might ask, well, how can we possibly get from where we are, given the stage of the world right now, how can we get from here to a a point like that? After all, to most of us, we believe there's a, a solid world out there that's separate from us that we can't do a whole lot about, and that all the suffering, disease, and wars, and other unfortunate events that happen, uh, there's just not a whole lot we can do about it. Well, that's quite understandable, but I personally believe we might advance in three stages from where we are now. And that first stage will be one where a lot of us begin to have out-of-body experiences and realize that our consciousness is not limited just to our physical body. We can expand it way beyond. Now, out-of-body experiences, or OBEs as people refer to them, there have been a lot of books written about them in recent decades because more people seem to be having them. And some of them describe journeys that the authors take, and others provide a lot of instruction on how to have them, and some provide both. Now, a fellow named Bill Buhlman, B-U-H-L-M-A-N, Bill Buhlman, he's a leading expert on out-of-body experiences, and he's conducted programs at the Monroe Institute in Faber, Virginia, that I've referred to often in previous podcasts. Uh, His 40 years of personal out-of-body explorations give him a unique insight into the subject. And in his first book, Adventures Beyond the Body, he told about his personal journey of self-discovery through out-of-body travel. And he also uh, gives uh, the reader uh, techniques to prepare Uh, for their own out-of-body adventures. Then he published another book, Adventures in the Afterlife, where he was inspired to explore the afterlife as a result of his confrontation with mortality following a cancer diagnosis in 2011. Now, his lucid dreams and his out-of-body experiences during his treatment and his recovery provided mind-bending visions that were so illuminating he felt compelled to journal them. Now, over the past two decades, he's developed an effective system to experience safe, self-initiated, out-of-body adventures, he says. He conducts in-depth six-day workshops at the Monroe Institute, um, and as a certified hypnotherapist, he incorporates various methods, including hypnosis, visualization, meditation, and the like, uh, to explore the nature of the out-of-body experiences and the benefits of a personal development that people experience as a result. He also has a lot of audio programs he's developed that are designed 
to expand awareness and assist in the exploration of consciousness. Now, he also conducted a 12-year survey of about 16,000 people who had experienced out-of-body experiences. He concluded the benefits extend far beyond the limits of our physical senses and our intellect. Uh, He claims after an out-of-body experience, many people report an inner awakening of their spiritual identity, a transformation of their self-concept, a dramatic elimination of their fear of death. They see themselves as more than matter, more aware and alive. I think that in itself is a big step toward our going from where we are to getting to 2075. Um, now, in his survey, a lot of, of the, the people, many, a large number of them, they described an increase in personal knowledge and a deep interconnection to spirit. Uh, others detailed a powerful feeling of breaking through a barrier of ignorance, fear, and limitation. A lot of them uh, reported a dramatic expansion of their ability to perceive things far beyond their physical limits. They talked about an overwhelming sense of knowing that was based on their direct personal experience. Now, there were 10 major benefits that uh, I'll go through now uh, that these people reported. Remember now, we're talking about thousands of people in this survey. Well, number one, uh, number one benefit, uh, a personal verification of immortality. So the OVEs provided these people, provided them firsthand verifiable evidence of their ability to exist independent of the physical body. Number two was a decreased fear of death. When they experienced themselves as consciously separated and uh, separated from and independent of their physical body, their fear of death was noticeably reduced. They knew they continued to exist beyond death and realized that the process of dying, rather than being painful and scary, could be a wondrous spiritual adventure. And of course, in previous podcasts, we've had direct testimony from, quote, dead people who tell us that that's the case. All right, number three, increased psychic abilities. A lot of them developed abilities uh, like precognition, telepathy, premonitions, prophecy, seeing auras, and other psychic abilities. Number four, spontaneous healing. Some of these people healed themselves and others when out of body by initiating a focused thought and directing it to a specific area of the body. Number five, they had a more expanded sense of who they were. Instead of viewing themselves as physical beings possessing a soul, many of them recognized themselves as souls, as consciousnesses, temporarily possessing biological bodies something, again, we've seen in a number of previous podcasts. Number six was accelerated personal growth. Many of them said the shock of experiencing themselves independent of their body gave them an expanded vision of themselves that led to awakening new levels of personal growth and understanding. Number seven, which was also a case for a lot of people when they have near-death experiences, was encountering a being of light, a past loved one, an angel, or some non-physical resident. So many of them reported face-to-face meetings with some form of non-physical inhabitant, which we commonly call a guide or a helper or a guardian angel. Number eight was an increased respect for life. 
Uh, a lot of these people had a pronounced aversion to violence and killing. The idea of hunting and killing an animal became repugnant to them. Although, as we have seen, and as I might repeat in the future, creatures without the compartment of the ego, that's us, the, us humans, creatures without the department of the ego, and that's the animals, uh, they do not fear for their sense of identity after they change form. But at any rate, um, this is just what they reported. The idea of hunting and killing an animal became repugnant to them. Now, number nine was increased self-respect, self-responsibility, and inner dependence. A lot of them recognized for the first time they were the creative center of their physical existence. Right? They, were, they realized they were the creative center of their physical experience. Uh, I'm sorry, the physical existence. Yeah. Um, they experienced the vast potential and the power that they had um, as their inner non-physical self. Right? So they ex experienced that firsthand. They tapped into their creative essence. They realized they were completely responsible for all their actions in the form of both thoughts and deeds. Wow. They were completely responsible, they realized, for all their actions in the form of both thoughts and deeds. Now, number 10 was an inner calmness and a profound sense of knowing instead of believing. They pointed out that knowledge gained from personal experience is powerful compared just to believing something. So their out-of-body experiences provided first-hand, verifiable, verifiable knowledge, right, of their immortality. Right? They, it was verified in a way you can only get by having a personal experience of it, right? They knew firsthand of their immortality, and they had a feeling of peace instead of grasping at hope that they were truly immortal. Now, it's important to point out that after having these out-of-body experiences, these people remained functioning members of society. They were dealing with everyday matters like the rest of us, family, relationships, job, career, and so forth, hobbies, interests, starting a new business, traveling to places that interested them, and the like. They do not become part of a weird cult or start some new religious order. By and large, they're practical, level-headed, and well-grounded people, uh, just the same as you and me. Well, okay, that's great for them, you might be saying, but uh, how about you, right? Well, you, you think, well, gee, I haven't had a, an OBE, so, well, you know, I haven't experienced this. Well, the fact is, if you think you haven't had an out-of-body experience, you have every night when you're dreaming, whether you remember your dreams or you don't. Now, in dreams, we're out of body every night for a short time, whereas in physical death, we're out for a longer time. There's a difference between what we do in dreams and what well-known out-of-body travelers like uh, Bill Buman, Bob Monroe, and J uh, Joe McMonagle have done, right? They observe and they recall their experiences when they travel to other places in our earth reality and when they perceive and participate in other realities. Now, they are, you know, far, their, their experiences far exceed what the average person having an out-of-body experience would uh, perceive and experience. For example, when I attended a Monroe Gateway session in 1988, as I mentioned in the past, I did have some unusual experience, but they weren't like the OBEs of the people I've just mentioned. 
In that program, I went to my own check unit, which check was uh, check stood for Controlled Holistic Environmental Chamber. Uh, it was a small bed with headphones and a curtain, and there I listened to tapes of hemisync tones and music and Bob Monroe's guided imagery. Then I would turn to the group room where I would share any experiences that I wanted to. Now, in one guided image, um, I went to the center of a wheel where there was, quote, no time, and then traveled along any one of the spokes to a particular time period. Now, I never sensed a wheel, but I did go someplace where I saw a high school classmate who had died years earlier. Now, I hadn't thought of him in many years, and he was sitting in a chaise lounge. He was drinking, uh, uh, sipping some kind of a drink, and in his usual laid-back, laconic manner, he said, Hi, Mac. 1987's that way and 89 is the other way. He was pointing to positions that were 180 degrees apart. Now, in another session, for quite some time, I followed a boat with a sign on its back. And I thought, I've got to get close enough to read this sign. It's got to contain a message of great wisdom. So I pursued it and pursued it. Finally, got close enough to read it, and the message said, Hi, Dan. So the joke was on me. So if you do participate in any of the uh, Monroe programs, whether it's something you can do at home or whether you can go there if you can afford it for a week or whatever, you know, great, good for you. Uh, hopefully you'll have even uh, better experiences than I had. But at least I know I can go to other places with my consciousness while I'm awake. And I do uh, experience quite a lot of my dreams where I have some intense experiences that I won't go into right now. So if you decided to take some programs uh, or whatever in order to have an out-of-body experience, what would you do? So assume for the moment that you have developed the ability to travel out of body with your consciousness. What would you do first? Where would you go? It's understandable you'd be afraid, right? Would you just float around your own house or your apartment? Or would you be more of an adventurer? Would you travel around the block or maybe around town? Would you look in on some friends? If you knew there were some kind of a, a sports competition that you wanted to see, would you go there? Chances are you'd do a lot of local exploring to satisfy your curiosity, but you'd soon want to experience more dramatic things. Would you visit the tops of tall mountains, uh, do some undersea exploration, or visit exciting cities around the world? Would you watch the production of the kind of movies you like or visit laboratories or factories where secret, secret, weapon, secret weapons are being developed? Huh? Would you go to the most relaxing, <laughs> relaxing spots, some Caribbean island, the most beautiful places, the fanciest resorts? There's so many options. So at some point, you'd likely get curious about what's happening on other planets. Problem is, you might get bored looking at the soil, rocks, gases, and landscapes unless you're a geologist or a scientist that's interested in, in those things. Now, as long as you remain focused on our physical world and all of us alive on the earth at this time, you might eventually run out of places that you want to perceive. Right? Regardless, you'd still enjoy the, many of the benefits, those 10 benefits that were realized by people that Bill Buhlman surveyed. Now, imagine, though, your exhilaration... <clears throat> when you not just believe but actually experience for the first time that you exist and can perceive the world even when you're no longer inside a physical body. Like those others, you'd know from first-hand experience, you'd know that death is not the end of you. How exciting to realize that you're no longer limited to perceiving only the things 
that are in close range to your physical body. Well, if you have thought about these things, then so far you've thought about how you could put to good use your newfound ability to travel out of body and how it would affect you and your ideas about who and what you are, right? So you know that you're a spirit when you're traveling without your body and you know you don't have all the limits that you think you had. Now consider the impact when you realize that everyone else is just like you with all their newfound freedoms and new ideas about who and what they are. It would be a totally different world indeed, right? Now, as I mentioned, 50 years or so is not a long time. If we're going to seem like a new human race by then, it's logical to expect that a large number of us humans, perhaps the majority, will routinely travel out of body within just the next 20, 25 years. Huh? As we now have our individual goals, desires, tastes, and preferences, we can assume that different kinds of out-of-body experiences will be legion. Relationships among people are going to be far richer and they would be far more meaningful as we exchange our out-of-body experiences and how they affect us, right? Our sense of who we are will no doubt change, right? We'll become less attached to our definition of ourselves as the present ego personality that we've always identified with. Having exciting experiences while unattached to a body is going to give us a larger sense of who we are. If you're an athlete while in your physical body, your interests and passions while out of body might expand beyond physical manipulation. You might find much more added enjoyment in creating songs or learning about how planets interact or how emotions developed, how matter is formed, how group dynamics work, any number of things. So as you become less attached to the one personality that you've always identified with, chances are you're going to gain more respect for personalities you never thought much about or even looked down upon. So if you've been highly intellectual, you might have greater respect for the person who survives by the sweat of their brow a technically oriented engineer or, or a software programmer might gain newfound respect for salespeople and marketers and vice versa. A person who thinks of herself as spiritual might gain greater appreciation for those with a lust for life, a professional singer, dancer, comedian, and the like, back and forth, right? Going beyond the one-to-one -one individual relationships, why would we assume this new perspective will not also extend to relations between opposing organizations, opposing religions, opposing political parties, and opposing countries the way we are uh, opposing China, and Russia, uh, North Korea, and Iran today. Uh, that's a big deal. Understanding that we're all spirits opens up the possibility that we no longer need to cling to whatever religion or culture or worldview or control of land or a philosophy of life that we prize. Now, we'd be free to cling to it more tightly if we wanted to, but we'd understand that there's no need to. One of the things that we're, uh, we're going to prize when we have out-of-body experiences uh, commonly, right? One of the things we're gonna, going to prize for ourselves and for everybody else is freedom. We'll gain a closer understanding of our own values and our own preferences, and we'll have a greater determination to apply those values in our daily, daily lives. Right? 
freedom will be very, very important because we'll want to create what we, what we, uh, what we wish, right? And we'll want to experience what we is, wish. That's, that's, that's a lot of change in the next 20, 25 years. It represents a fundamental a transformation, doesn't it? Huh? A fundamental transformation in many ways. But it's only the first of the three major developments that lead up to 2075. So even though it's only the first, it's going to set up the second major development in the next uh, 15 to 20 years or so. And we'll talk about that in our next session. Again, I'm Dan McEnany bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.